This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Haddison Rensbury. In a long-discussed action earlier this week, the trees slated for removal from the U.S. Forest Service property in downtown Carbondale came down. Community sources have submitted photos to KDNK News, which can be viewed on our website. Due to essential waterline construction on the 27th Street Project underpasses, the project team will have the eastbound lanes of 27th Street from the roundabout to Colorado Highway 82 closed on Saturday, March 2nd, and Sunday, March 3rd, from the hours of 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Additionally, the southbound right lane on Colorado 82 will be closed to accommodate the work on 27th Street. Local officials recommend planning ahead to avoid using routes near the work zone that may cause delays. Prescribed fire is an effective tool to make catastrophic wildfires less likely. Now federal land management agencies are expanding training for such burns. Currently, Forest Service officials say that opportunities for prescribed fire training in the West are insufficient, just as efforts to put more beneficial fire on the ground are getting more complex. But a new program, the Western Prescribed Fire Training Center, seeks to address that gap. The first class is already training in Oklahoma for the next couple weeks. Alex Robertson, acting director of Fire and Aviation at the Forest Service's D.C. office. Having more folks, uh, more of our workforce that is uh, better developed is just going to strengthen the program for us to be able to take advantage of opportunities across the West when they present themselves. Additional burn trainings are planned in Boise, Flagstaff, and elsewhere later this year. High school students rallied at the state capitol yesterday for more protections against gun violence. KUNC's Lucas Brady-Woods reports they're pushing lawmakers to follow through on a number of bills this session. About 100 students and parents gathered on the state house steps before heading inside to meet with lawmakers. They're especially focused on a bill that would prohibit guns in so-called sensitive spaces. In the bill, those include schools, hospitals, churches, recreation centers, and several other locations. Currently, the only gun-free zones are polling places. Kimaya Kini is a junior at Cherry Creek High School. We can protect a polling location, but we also need to protect my school, like the fields I play soccer at, like the Broncos Stadium. I don't need to show up everywhere I go and wonder if someone's going to hurt me. The bill would also prohibit guns at the State House. Other gun-related bills this session would impose a tax on firearms, increase requirements for concealed carry permits, and track gun sales. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol. Services for Carbondale's migrant population will begin to pare down starting next week by not filling vacancies in their shelters. This is part of the town's wider plan to close all of their shelters and related services by the end of April now that weather is warming up and unhoused individuals are less likely to suffer from frigid temperatures. Temporary resources such as parking or showers at the rec center will still be available for part of the next two months as the town removes services in phases. Town manager Lauren Gister says that with the unhoused population expected to increase, Carbondale hopes to, quote, work regionally to create the infrastructure needed to serve the unhoused population in the Roaring Fork and Colorado River Valleys, unquote. As the lone Democrat in Colorado's 3rd Congressional District race, Adam Frisch is currently traveling hundreds of miles campaigning in 27 western and southern Colorado counties. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KVNF's Lisa Young sat down with Frisch last week at Doghouse Espresso in Delta. I know a lot of people are still asking you the questions about Lauren Bovert. 
leaving the district. I'm, I'm going to be one of those. Yeah. Uh, how has it changed and what uh, are you looking to do as you continue to campaign around the district as the sole Democrat on the primary side for the Democrats? Well, you know, we're all, it'd be, probably would have been more fun to defeat her at the ballot box last year or this year. But, you know, we're taking pride that we and a lot of hard work from volunteers literally chased her out of the district. It's probably been 25, 30 years since someone actually packed up and moved, not because of redistricting. But the great thing about her departing is it allows a better conversation. There's, she attracts so much national attention and a lot of support, but also a lot of that hatred. And we were getting uh, kind of blamed for going after her. We never spent any time attacking her family or personal stuff. It was always that she wasn't supportive of veterans and her policies. And we always want to tell, to tell people why people should be voting for us or for anybody for that matter. And the fact that a lot of that national circus media has left allows for a better conversation and that'll be better for the district. And so regardless if I'm running along another firebrand or a traditional, more traditional Republican, it doesn't change how many miles we're going to put on the road how hard we're going to work and how we're going to focus on Colorado energy, Colorado jobs, Colorado water, the issues that matter to the ranchers and the farmers and small business owners that live in our beautiful rural district. So uh, on one hand, um, not a lot's going to change because, it, again, it's, it doesn't change. Her departure doesn't change the issues that are facing the vast majority of people in the district. We just have much better options going forward. You talked a lot about what people are interested in here in the district. What are you hearing from the constituency here? And I know you were just in Montrose. You know, I th- I think they just feel like a lot of the rural way of life is being beaten up and not focused on. And I think you hear that across the entire district, especially on the western slope. I think people, and I've been a big believer in how important domestic energy is. We have a climate crisis, but the way you do not solve that is by sending people to Iran and Qatar and and China coal to try to figure out how to produce the energy that's needed for the global economy. Rural health care is also huge. Everyone has accessibility issues because it costs so much to buy insurance and show up and pay for the doctor's visit. But we are driving so far to go see specialists or even our primary care doctor. And something that's not been talked about a lot, but we're starting to focus on is just the mental health aspects of how important that belongs in the healthcare conversation. And even when I'm in some of the more conservative districts, people nod their head and acknowledge when I start to have these conversations about healthcare and ranchers and farmers, sadly, are running into suicide rates that are on par with veterans, you know, and and nobody deserves to be in that bucket. Uh, And unfortunately, the lack of focus on rural parts of our district and rural parts of the country in D.C. has been a detriment. And I think people are open-minded, regardless of political party, to find someone who's going to focus on what matters to them and their families. Democrats typically haven't been doing very well with rural America. It seems like the Republicans on the national level have really tapped into something there that has really ignited them. 30 years ago, the 2,000 rural counties in the country were represented equally by Republicans and Democrats. And or or had voted for a presidential. And now instead of 50 50, it's 10, 10 to 90. And I think it's a bore. And I, I don't monopolies are bad in business and man, monopolies are bad in politics. 
Uh, and with due respect to uh, these big city Democrats, they're not always delivering the best version of the Democratic Party in, in those big cities that are struggling with the, some big issues. And a lot of time in rural parts of the country, the Republican Party is not delivering the best version of that Republican Party. And I don't want to focus on Team Red. I don't want to focus on Team Blue. It's Team CD3. Republicans and Democrats both have health care issues, both have mental health care issues, both are struggling with the cost of living, trying to figure out how to handle child care and health care, making sure that they have good jobs, that pay well, and that people can retire with dignity. These are the conversations that are happening, not all of these firebrand issues that the far right and the far left want to bring up. I think the vast majority of people want someone who's going to be playing between the 240-yard line, so to speak, and that's where I am. And, you know, there's just too much media-focused on kind of the two five-yard lines where all the loudest yellers and screamers are, and I don't have any interest in that. Yeah, you mentioned that you came in as an independent, found a pathway through the Democratic Party. What has your appeal been to the independent folks in the district? I will tell you, people ask me, like, what do the Latinos think? What do the conservatives think? The vast majority of people are thinking about the same stuff. You know, again, it's the, the cost of living, health care expenses, a growing mental health catastrophe we have in rural America. Again, the cost of living, making sure that there's strong domestic energy production. And again, young, old, Latino, Caucasian, Democrat, Republican, independent, libertarian, green, whatever you want to call it. Most people, not that the media wants, some part of the media wants you to believe that, care about a lot of the same stuff. That was Adam Frisch, the Democratic candidate in Colorado's third congressional district race, speaking with KVNF's Lisa Young. This story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KDNK. This is KDNK News.